it's fucking crazy to think that we're pulling this from the vault. Like uh, last night, I was getting ready to watch it, and it's like, man, this movie really isn't that old. And look, it's like, fuck, it's almost ten years old. <laughs> Shit. Yeah. Here's the thing as well. I'm seeing um of uh, box next week. There's now anniversaries of movies that like their twenty fifth anniversaries that I've went to the cinema as an adult to see. Yeah, and that shit's and that's, pretty disheartening. <laughs> you don't mind it when you're a kid. You know what I mean? When you're like seeing anniversaries of movies you watch when you're a kid, you kind of disassociate that. Okay, right. But when you're seeing stuff you actually went out as an adult with friends, went to the pub after and stuff, you're like, oh my God, I'm old. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's when it hits home. But in case you haven't figured out, we are talking today about The Witch. Hell yeah. Which is a 2015 folk horror film written and directed by Robert Eggers and his featured directorial debut. Sorry, Anya, Anya Taylor-Joy, Ralph Dennison, Kate Dickey, Harvey Scrimshaw, Ali Granger, and Lucas Dawson. Set in the 1630s, it follows a Puritan family who encounter forces of evil in the woods beyond their New England farm. I didn't realize this is basically, apart from the director, this is almost an entirely British cast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think it uh, helped with the accents, definitely. <laughs> Well, it's still using the Jacobitan uh, language of the uh, sort of era. Um, mm-hmm. Just a bit of a premise, and it's actually impressive because uh, what's the interviews with Robert Eggers? The amount of detail he goes into, and mm-hmm. he's anal about it. You know, he wants to get it right. Mm-hmm. And the fact that the cast and crew were going around picking buds off the trees because it was coming into spring when they were filming. And they're actually, their daily thing was they're going to this and they're going through all the trees and picking the buds off to make it look uh, desolate and broken. Just You're just like, that's that's another level. And building banks on the side of the river, you know, they're building these pontoons were actually sinking into the river while they were carrying out shots. <laughs> you know, that's, uh, that's some level. This is only made for four million. Which is insane. Because, yeah, like that's pretty much considered a micro budget at this point yeah um it's amazing how like was it movies can't operate now for less than 100 million and they're shit mm-hmm. and they look awful and they look cheap and we're seeing series tv series coming out billion dollars and they look fucking like they're done on a youtube channel you know what i mean it just um it makes you wonder um much of this is money laundering and just putting money in people's pockets for not doing very much. In a oh, yeah, game. of course. I mean, it's Hollywood accounting. That's how it goes. That's nah, shocking. So, just about a premise. This is set, like I said, in the 1630s. Um, William and his family, we'll start off, we see William and his family, they're the main protagonists of the movie. They're being banished from a Puritan colony. Um, this is all set. This is like the Great Migration. So, this is uh, primarily after this English Civil War, the rise and fall of Cromwell, um, up until that point, this was a turning point for the United Kingdom, as such in the Magna Carta, and you know the beginning of like Western democracy. Mm-hmm. Because before then, we had the Tudors and the Stuarts, the War of the Roses. Basically, every time you got a new king or queen, they were chopping somebody's heads off, and it's still even to this day, the Roman Catholic Church can't accept the fact. That the United Kingdom's not under their rule. <laughs> like they still can't get over it. It's mental. Like theistic religion is poison. You know what I mean? Just what? <laughs> Gasp. I I'm I'm just a I'm a simple minded chap. 
if you know. need to do star jumps three times a day to feel glorious and do whatever, crack on. But this need, the your tr- and that's I hate, that's an American term, your truth. I fucking hate it. It's, <laughs> you uh, and me both. There's a truth. There's fact. There's other stuff. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. the fact that your way of saying things has to be the only way, and you must impose that on others is just mental. Mm-hmm. It, it, like there's something wrong with you. And the fact you make a business out of it and a career, and you, you know, I mean, something wrong with you. And that's why we're in the shit we're in today, because this is the whole fallback. But back then, you know, I mean, just constant period of civil war wasn't good. And this is the first. Um, Cromwell is officially Britain's only dictator. It's weird, but it's, and he only ra- reigned for five years, but it wasn't even, it was just the. It was after the English Civil War. He came into power. It was just shit times, and he was a necessary evil. But what you had then was a great migration because the Puritans just um, fuck everyone's like waving them off the boats, like fuck off Puritans, bye, mm-hmm. <laughs> go away, don't care where you sail to. I and you mean, had two, <laughs> you had two major sects. You had the Reformists and the Separatists. So the Reformists wanted to spread the Anglican Church change it and make it more in their image mm-hmm. and, the and then the separatists of course build a droid army yeah cool yeah i remember history absolutely and it was all a ruse and reused <laughs> <laughs> roger roger oh, cool. <laughs> to think that's now considered genius <laughs> <laughs> that's that's considered good storytelling good dialogue these days I mean, considering where we've come, I I would have to agree. Oh, man. <laughs> what a world we live in. Right. But this is... um, And these would be classed as right-wing extremists. Mm-hmm. They, these are the right-wing extremes, you know, and that's why the rest of the British Isles couldn't wait to kick on the fuck out and just didn't care, get in the boat. Sail off somewhere. Now, if we knew Americans were going to happen, sorry, mate, but would have sunk the ships. You know what? I'd have been fine with that. You know what? If then only I probably would have just been future. born dark with long hair. Just uh, I would have been much prettier. And, well, <laughs> probably would have got diabetes a lot sooner, but you know what? Whatever. It's just trade-off. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, man. It's... <laughs> <laughs> this is two streams of Rome sliding off your country. I'm like, <laughs> just waiting for somebody to take a bounce. Like, fucking suck it up. <laughs> uh, we get loads of abuse as well, so it's all part of the fun. But um, yeah, that, that was this whole um, setback and the idea of reinvention. So people were still fresh off the boat, hence the accents. Mm-hmm. And this was actually based, um, I don't know, but Eggers actually found a story were because he couldn't uh most people that moved were from Essex, which is like south of England. Mm-hmm. And most of the cast are from the north of England and like north south divide, you know, regional. Um the the north's a harsher climate. It's you know it's colder, it's people are rougher. <laughs> Eggers was actually intimidated by the class, particularly um William and uh, Harvey, you know, Emerson, the two male actors understandable <laughs> he's like because they're rough northern towns and he's like um i'm a soft american and scared me <laughs> i just thought that was hilarious i mean the fucking the dad he is an intimidating ass character 
Like when he starts getting mad or starts screaming or anything, it's it's fucking terrifying. But he's actually quite soft because uh, honestly, that's um, he's from Yorkshire. Um, he's actually quite you know he's an actor. He's actually mm. quite tame. <laughs> I think um, I think the problem is a lot of Americans see the UK as London and London only, mm-hmm. and they don't understand about the rest. And I think if you went into like a northern town, you'd shit yourself. <laughs> it really is piano music bar fight start you know um you walk into a bar and it's like oh quaint sawdust and it's like no no that was last night's furniture you know mm-hmm. <laughs> that's just a sort of place but also um the endearing fact the really strong family bonds and ties and if you make a friend of someone you've a friend for life mm-hmm. they're you know i mean just up north of the country and that, that's that's just the type of people we all are and we're you know i mean we're all strange little tribes and we've still got that whole tribal um aspect the clans you know what i mean that's mm-hmm. that's still prevalent today london is just the whitewashed metropolitan fluffy like guff you know it's doesn't even represent outside its own city borders <laughs> but that's you know it's just funny that the <laughs> the director was intimidated by the cast even the young boy he was only like 12 at the time <laughs> That's funny. Uh, just, uh, I just said it was brilliant. <laughs> um, so the movie, um, I haven't watched this in years. I'll confess. Um, I watched it a few times, but uh, it's just one of those movies that you can go back to and watch over and over again. Mm-hmm. It's know, usually one that I'll revisit at least once a year. The plot and the pacing are amazing. Like you are not bored. It's not like a James Wan movie where you're asleep for 45 minutes and then everything happens in the last 10 minutes of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, this is just... Well, it's it's funny life. because to me it reminds me of like a Ty West movie, just a lot shorter. Mm-hmm. Like where the plot is pretty simple. Um, you got a small core cast of characters and there's really not a whole lot going on, but it just feels like there is. And it's all about the atmosphere and the mood. And then, yeah, like the end is just like, it hits real fucking fast and leaves you kind of like, well, shit, that was an experience. Yeah. And one thing uh, when I was watching the cast interviews and stuff, they were saying that if you, if you actually remove the witch from this, this would be an intense family drama. Mm-hmm. Of yeah. Just a family falling apart. So, that alone, without the supernatural elements, is gripping. Mm-hmm. And then adding the supernatural elements to it just ramped it up. And that's... Um... Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there really was just the cherry on top. Because, um, yeah, you remove that, and all this is is just a, a story of fucking domestic abuse, pretty much. And, like, the pure terror that you get from, like... Um, it's just, like, she's not a fucking witch, but she's going to die because she's a witch type of thing. And just how her family just turns on her so easily. That's just terrifying. Yeah. Um, but you also see, um, cause that's obviously kicks off. You see them, they arrive at the, the clearing, they find the clearing, the plot of land, which looks arable. And they have a cut the, a year later. Nothing's working. We see mm-hmm. buildings half finished. The crops are not, um, working they actually bought the this is how much preparation um they bought the crops the previous season so they actually bought the corn mm-hmm. the previous season kept it in the warehouse so it would rot oh, yeah. that's 
that's some level of detail and preparation. Well, that's, I mean, that's just the small details that make something like this a classic. Like, this is something that people are going to be talking about, you know, 50 fucking years from now because it's just so good. Yeah. And that's, you know, and that wasn't, you know, I mean, compared to spending a million dollars on special effects, actually, okay, here's a warehouse. We're going to rent it for a year. Mm -hmm. And that's a preparation for this movie. Bloody hell. You know, that's, um, that's forethought, you know. That's thinking, good idea. Okay, mm -hmm. what do I need to happen here? So you see these corn stalks, and they're they're up, and then they're rotten. I think they did maybe one for, you know, they gave it up for a fact, but there's actually real fungus and stuff, and you know they're rotten. Mm -hmm. And that's uh, just that level of detail. Um, the cinematography in this is something else, dude. It's and it's crazy. Like this is the first time watching it in 4K, and God, it's. It's one of those stories that actually benefits from the 4K. Because, uh, I mean, really, the unsung character of this is the farm and, like, just the homestead in general. And, God, it's beautiful. Yeah. Um, it was actually quite luxurious for a farm at the time, you know what I mean? And in reality, it would have been a shack, but oh, yeah. no, no plot would have happened. So even taking that away, you still have the feeling of, this is, you know, authentic. It was built. Here's another thing. Apparently, um, like Eggers refused to use circular saws. So he, they're all hand cut, you know, the beams and that for the homestead, right? But the circular saw wasn't invented until the 1700s. Mm -hmm. So everything was cut with a straight saw. So there wouldn't be any sign of the circular cuts. That's just how. Um, and you see it with his other properties awesome. as well. You see it now with everything he has done. And I think he's one of these uh, directors, I hope anyway, that's going to pop up now and again. He's not going to do a ton of stuff. But like Nolan, um, not going to do a ton of stuff, but when he does, it makes an impact. Because mm -hmm. we've seen it with The Lighthouse. Um, I haven't seen it yet, but we're seeing it with The Northman. You know, it's, you know, anything he's done is just beautifully shot and authentic mm -hmm. to the time period and is leaves an impact. And that's, um, that's what we need with... That's the whole point of filmography. That's the whole point of cinema. Oh, yeah. It's to leave an impact, emotional impact. So I hope this is his career, that he doesn't do a ton of stuff, but everything he does leaves a statement. And he yeah. doesn't get sucked into that uh, trap and start smelling Hollywood farts. You know what I mean? I think that'll be the end of him. Oh, yeah, definitely. So well, stay I mean, away God, from like, Hollywood farts. Just the detail that man goes into is insane. Like the title card... That's from a font from a fucking newspaper around the time. And the double V for the W, like, mm -hmm. he's like, oh, yeah, no, I saw that in the paper once. So that's what I went with. And it's like, this motherfucker's looking up newspapers from fucking hundreds of years ago <laughs> just to get a goddamn title. Yeah, just wanting to get it right. That's insane. And the thing is, um, unlike, uh, unlike Sam Raimi, <laughs> He's actually managed to keep the cast reasonably comfortable and not brutalize them during the process. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of the difference in styles. He's actually he goes into this obsessive detail, but he he didn't brutalize the cast, mm -hmm. which is nice, I suppose. I mean, for them, fucking babies. Yeah, <laughs> you'd like to sound because of this level of detail. But he's like, "You are fucked." <laughs> 
<laughs> you may survive this movie, you may not. I don't know. Depends how the way. Either goes. way, you're going to be immortal after this. <laughs> <laughs> um. So we still good, and this movie does not wait. You know what I mean, there's no jump scares or creaks or that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. The movie's just straight into it. So everything kicks off. Like, we'll, we'll see it rapidly change the year. We'll see things are in decline anyway. William can't farm. He can't hunt. He, he can't go out on his own. But the scene that just sets us all off and was saw in the trailer before the movie even came out is the scene with Thomason and mm-hmm. baby Samuel. Dude, that shit still gets me. That is one of the scariest moments in in cinematic history. And it's not even that scary. Like, it's just the pure despair when it's like, what the fuck just happened? Yeah, and the thing that I, I think I missed the first time I was saying, but um, because, um, and this is where the upgrade, you know, really makes it, you actually missed the witch running through the woods. Mm-hmm. The first sort of time because it was that dark and um I hate um I watched the Salman series recently and a bit like Game of Thrones it's that freaking dark you're you're squinting at the screen mm-hmm. and turning up the brightness just to see something and I hate that because yeah I understand darkness being a tool but when you can't fucking see on the screen you're like <laughs> yeah it kind of defeats the purpose yeah but this time around um you actually catch the witch running through the woods. And the scene with the baby where it's restored and... Uh, oh my God, that's just so good. <laughs> I missed out the... You know I mean? You didn't really get the full impact the first time. On the 4K, when it's actually, you know, in your face, you're like, whoa. Right. This is... You even get to see all the chunks and shit. Yeah. Um, you're like, holy shit. This is what happens. This is brutal. Hmm. Um, oh, funny was, you see the witch's underpants. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was <laughs> I was wondering about that. It's like the modesty, you actually see the modesty pants. You're like, okay. Yeah, I thought it was just me. I'm like, wait, isn't she supposed to be naked? Huh? <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> you actually see the lining underpants. I'm like, um, that's the only bit that took me out of the movie. Like everything else is brilliant, but that just bit, you know, you're like, all oh, right, okay. Mm-hmm. That, that's remember remember talk about um. Uh, Suspiria, where sometimes the restoration doesn't help the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's the only time where maybe okay, leave that as it is or theater rookies, you kind of you're giving away the secrets. Mm-hmm. This is my only complaint about the movie, by the way. So they're done. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was it. I, I didn't see the witch's zero. bum. That was denied mm-hmm. bottom. <laughs> And then after that, this movie just goes on a steady decline right up until the end. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no messing about. That's it. Um, the thing is the resentment between Kate and Thomason. Mm-hmm. That is just done so wonderfully through this. Yeah. She's the head of the family, in a sense. In essence, you know, she runs the family. Mm-hmm. William's the figurehead, but she runs the family. And she's kind of the beating heart, and um, the resentment against Thomason for coming into womanhood, and the fact that she was with Samuel when he went missing. Mm-hmm. No, I mean that's that's played beautifully throughout this whole whole movie. It's the underlying yeah. tension. 
which is quite rightly so. You know what I mean? Fucking losing a kid, like what that's a pretty big deal. Yeah, I mean, granted, back in those days, I mean, you just you lost children. It happened. Yeah, but you don't just lose them. You know what I mean? Childbirth and illness mm-hmm. and that. You know, when it's something tangible, you can understand. It's a hard life, mm-hmm. but just I had the baby one second and then it's gone. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? You know what I mean? There's no way you're not being suspicious. But then mm-hmm. there's no logical reason why because that was the thing. Up until that point, they were a united, happy family. Mm-hmm. So even though the farm wasn't doing well, they were still living. There was a togetherness. The twins, you know what I mean, are happy and playing. The wee one, Mercy's creepy as fuck. Dude, they're both creepy as fuck. Yeah, they're they're the real villains of this fucking movie. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> what I've done here just broke down scene by scene, you know, the sort of the main points of the thing, because um, it was just so easy to get lost in this, because there's, mm-hmm. there's not a moment where something doesn't happen, plot-wise. Mm-hmm. And that's uh, the wonderful thing about it. You know, you're not you're not bored, and you're yeah. not strung along, and you're not overwhelmed with stuff either. Which a lot yeah, of it's like so much atmosphere without being overwhelming and like losing anything in it. Yeah. So, um, first thing obviously is the William and Caleb hunting scene, mm-hmm. and that's where we meet. Um, now it's funny. We've known Black Philip established as a character, but he's only Black Philip because the twins called him Black Philip. Mm-hmm. But essentially, we see the first iteration of Black Philip, and that's in the horror form. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't understand using the flintlock um, rifle to go hunting with. Yeah, no, that's you're just gonna have splatter. <laughs> that didn't make sense. Yeah. It's like you're going to be lucky if you have even a nugget to take home. The the English weapon, okay, and it was still a formidable weapon even up until the 1700s, was the longbow. That was uh, still as like considered the most devastating weapon of medieval times. And that could punch through your armor. Mm-hmm. And it was so easy. And In fact, under English law, so you had to practice two hours a week. I was normally on Sundays after church, so everyone was required by law to practice with the longbow for two hours. So everyone, anyone arriving in the new world, so to speak, would have been trained with a bow and arrow. Mm-hmm. So I don't understand why the thought, and then again, maybe it's the word idiots, because we, we didn't exactly send our best and brightest across, let's be honest. <laughs> Fuck no, it's just like... Uh... With Australia, you guys are just like, fuck these people. Let's get them somewhere else. <laughs> yeah, it's like, okay, um, <laughs> we need a prison colony. There, there we go. That's on hospitable land where things trying to kill you. What do you mean they're going to get out one day and want to breed and stuff? What? <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, man. Um, but everyone would have been proficient with a bow and arrow at the minimum mm-hmm. arriving. And these were off the boat, you know. They still have memories of their old life. They're not their first generation immigrants. Mm-hmm. So him going around with a flintlock pistol, like a moron, was ridiculous. Um, and it, it's sort of sets up. It's not a um, criticizing of the film. It's his character. Mm-hmm. This is William's character. This is the flaws in his character. He's a he's a moron. He's up his mm-hmm. own arse. Religious zealot. But not too much in the way of smarts. Yeah. 
Yeah, and he even admits that shit throughout the film. Yeah, well, that's that was the breaking point at the end, mm-hmm. where finally um, he sees the destruction all around him, but I don't want to jump. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. That's the whole the resentment between Kate and Thomason. Kate's resentment of Thomason coming into womanhood, and William's failure as a head of household and a provider are the underlying tensions of this movie. Mm-hmm. The witch, they just happened to stray onto her territory. Which was just not a factor, but if she hadn't been in this, like I said, this would have happened anyway. Yeah, no, which it's was, still which makes this work movie work on so many levels. Mm-hmm. But yeah, tries to catch it, he gets a flintlock, blows himself in the face. So good, <laughs> and you're just like, you moron. Yeah, even um, I've been hunting rabbits. You use a two-two rifle. You don't use a friggin' like friggin' thing. You go out hunting for deer. Yeah, you don't you use mean? a goddamn cannon. <laughs> no, that's. <laughs> Because you don't hit the rabbit right, you don't kill a plane, you spoil the meat anyway. Mm-hmm. So it becomes pointless. Yeah. Um, but anyway, um, then we get the river scene. Because this is still in the aftermath, because Caleb asks his father, why don't you talk about Samuel? And it's like, hush your mouth and pray and blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. You know, And this, this is the thing about, um, and this still carried on up until the 80s. And I think the satanic panic was what brought it to head. And turn people against religion. I'm almost had a ref- another reformation in the nineties where people just moved away from religion. Mm-hmm. Problem is, they went too much the other side. Um, there's always a set of loonies wanting to rule everybody, and this is where we're not now. And the pendulum's going to swing back again. And my concern is that we'll have Puritan types ready to jump in and take over. Yeah. <laughs> when the pendulum swings back, you know. Um, I mean, shit. That's where we already are over on this side of the pond. It's like fucking no- terrifying. I mean, we've seen these people. Um, there's a reason why they failed, and there's a reason why they have to go to war. Mm-hmm. They exist because religious zealousness, and um, be theistic or otherwise. If you're a zealot and you've just completely tunnel vision to the world and one set of ideas, you're not going to succeed in life. Yeah, you can get a gathering. You can, you know, what I mean, and the smarter ones that don't really believe what they say can get a gathering and make money. Mm-hmm. Hence, mega churches and um, organizations and all that kind of stuff. You know, I mean, there's always a grift to be done. But yeah. in life, if that's your tunnel vision outlook, you're you're not going to succeed. And we're seeing this played out here. Um, so the whole river scene, and this is, I'm trying to think. Do you remember, remember watch the movie Man? Mm-hmm. I saw that scene with a kid mm-hmm. with the adult's voice, or sorry, the adult's face. Um, Impose over the top of it. That just came to my mind when Mercy stood up from the edge of the bank. <laughs> yeah. And, I see um, it's super fucking creepy. But what was creepier before that? We'll have to bring, obviously, we'll have to talk about it is um, Caleb <laughs> creeping on his sister. Yeah. And I oh, man. That w- that's like one of the harshest parts of this fucking movie is the underlying sexual tension that he has for his sister and it's like whatever i mean it that's you know it's the time period i guess that's wasn't unheard of but but when you isolate yeah. yourself do you know what i mean <laughs> um i'm convinced um this is how the plastic party came into being um all the shit bags that ran away uh across the pond they bred with their siblings and farm animals and i think that's mm. how you have irish americans today i'm convinced <laughs> that now <laughs> you know what I mean? That's don't believe your sisters and brothers and farm animals. 
Uh-huh. You get Irish Americans. <laughs> I, can, I can neither confirm nor deny. Yeah, we're just we know the stock still remained and came from, and we know what's over there. And you're like, mm, something went wrong. Uh, <laughs> what did you do? What did you do? Were you playing incest? Was it the game, the family game you all loved? Oh God, that's funny. It's the only explanation. Mm-hmm. Oh, some Paddy's Day. Uh, <laughs> oh, Moorish. <laughs> Shut up. Um, but yeah, Cal Creep and his sister is just like, and that's going to get worse because if you're isolated, where else have you got to go? Mm-hmm. Um, there was a whole thing where because um, the actor was only twelve, a lot of these scenes I had to explain them in different ways how to do it, mm-hmm. and not explain them what actually it was. He wasn't actually allowed to watch this movie when it came out. Oh, that's fucking great. <laughs> he had to wait while well, he says that, but um, he probably had a sneak, but he had to wait it was like available on DVD. <laughs> but he's <laughs> 15, it was his 15th birthday present to himself, so he could actually watch the movie. Oh, that's and so then I think he was funny. a bit like, oh shit, because um, you know where they can film scenes and use the camera angle, so he's he made it on a certain look, but didn't obviously he wasn't looking at uh thomason at the time mm-hmm. it was just uh hilarious so he's creeping on his sister and then mercy comes out of the undergrowth i'm the witch of the woods and honestly she looked like that wee kid out of men like she looks about 40 years of age mm-hmm. in a child's body yeah like just whatever way they did her makeup and stuff just and costume just she's a creepy child yeah, I, I was gonna say it's part costume, part her as an actor. Like it, yeah, creepy as shit. Like I, that's the kind of kid that I would fucking drop kick if they like jumped up on me and scared me. Just plain and simple. Just, like I would not feel bad. Yeah, um, she plays her role so well. Um, mm. she's a horrible wee shite. <laughs> like yeah. she's a ringleader of the two twins. She's a horrible little fuck. Mm-hmm. Uh, you couldn't like it if you were paid to. Yeah. But yeah, she much. starts um she starts going on about the witch of the wood and uh that and then she has a go at uh Thomason again about losing Samuel. And there's a bit where Thomason snaps. Mm-hmm. And this is the underline, you know what I mean? Yes, it was me. Yes, I signed Black Phillips book. Yes, I offered the the babe up. Uh and then that's her undoing. Mm-hmm. That one moment was all. It was like um, the Scarlet Letter. If you read that, mm-hmm. um, what was the other one? You know where they all started shivering and stuff. You know, I mean, this this was those times. Um, yeah, is an evil culture. I will see it now. I, I've said this before, but the SJWs of today, you see it now. They're looking for blood. They're looking for somebody accused. Mm-hmm. Burn them! Burn them! This is just on the right. You know, I mean, this is the same extreme of humanity. Being oh, yeah. played out, and that toxic culture, and we'll just say it being played out today, just in a digital format, but it's still doing harm to people. Yeah, of course. And it's fucking wrong. Why don't people learn? Don't do this, or more importantly, if somebody's getting on like this, don't pay them heed. Mm-hmm. We're never going to learn as a species, are we? Like I just don't understand what's so hard about just minding your own fucking business. <laughs> it's emptiness in your own life. If you're mm-hmm. If you've got an empty life and you've no purpose, then obviously you're going to look to others. And then if people are succeeding, you're going to be jealous. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? That's just um, just human nature. But 
what gets me is the fact the mob, and even this family will see the mob mentality. Like in a small house, one household will see the mob take over. Mm-hmm. Because they're frustrated, they're looking for something to vent their frustrations. They don't want to look inwardly at their own feelings. Yeah. And that was the other thing as well, because um Kate's portrayed at a certain age. That was her youngest child. She's not gonna have any more. And then the resentment that Thomason's gonna into womanhood and about to start her own life. You know what I mean? That's all bubbling there and comes mm-hmm. out. But yeah, that scene at the river was so important because that sets the tone. Yeah. And the mob mentality and even at a young age, Mercy understands she has a weapon. Yeah. Fucking, you know what I mean? That, that, that was a... And the witch isn't even... You know I mean, the witch has appeared once mm-hmm. and the damage has been done. You know I mean, the witch could not have appeared the rest of this movie and she's done her damage to this family. Oh, yeah. Just um, unreal. Um, then we start getting the the drama about the missing silver cup, mm-hmm. and that's it goes missing. Um, the thing is, there's nowhere to there's nowhere for them to go. There's nowhere for them to take things. Do you know what I mean? So for stuff to go missing, that it just um, it plays into this whole suspense as well. Yeah, that was the thing I never understood. It's like, where would she fucking hide it if she had stole it? Yeah. And why and do what? Like, mm-hmm. even those times, say she took the silver cup and she went herself back to the village, someone would just take it off her and kick her out again. Right. Do you mean that's that's not the way the society worked? This whole idea of you just go your own with a you know, suitcase for the money sort of thing, that wasn't society. These were closely knit communities. And it was all about conformity and Mm-hmm. I can understand the necessity of it because harsh climate, setting up brand new, because you're effectively going from the Industrial Revolution back to medieval. I mean, that was a kind of cusp. The Industrial Revolution was just um, kicking off in the UK. You know, I mean, you were getting um, the factories, the linen factories, the ironwork. You know, I mean, you were starting to get that shipbuilding. Mm-hmm. That was the age the British Isles were in. And these guys are effectively going back to medieval existence. Mm-hmm. So you weren't, uh, she wasn't going to take the cup and do anything with it. But it was another play on the, the tension and Kate using something again to vent her frustrations at Thomason. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then we find out Williams traded it for hunting supplies. He tells uh, Caleb. And then Caleb, you know, sticks up for his father. Um, later on, they're trying to make amends. You know, I mean, they understand they're in a bad place. And this is where the next scene where Thomas and Caleb head out to set traps. Mm-hmm. Caleb is already heading out. Was that the second scene where he creeps at his sister? Yeah. Was yeah, that was uh, when he, because he was waking up early and trying to sneak out. Yeah. And he stops for a quick gander. You're like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, man. <laughs> Um, yeah, so he's going to set traps. Um, he was going to go out on his own. Mm-hmm. And then Thomason goes out with him. And this is where we, we meet Black Philip again in her form. Mm-hmm. And this time it's more... Because I think the first time might have just been an ordinary rabbit, but they use the same rabbit for both scenes. Mm-hmm. But it's uh, this second time it's definitely Black Philip. 
Oh yeah, definitely. And definitely leading them. And this thing, things just go mental here. Mm-hmm. You know, um, the they took a dog out with them. Black Phillip leads the dog away. The horse just spooks and bolts, and the rain comes down and just basically the the land's saying, "We don't want you here. Go away." Or if you're going to stay, well, guess what? You're getting messed with. You're not mm-hmm. going to live peacefully here. That's essentially what's being cried out to them. Oh yeah. Um. Everything yeah, just... I, this this is the part where if I had to bitch about the movie, this would be my only bitch fit because they get the dog. But yeah, but like it still it makes sense. Yeah, because it's um, nothing's getting left, and uh, mm-hmm. thankfully we don't see the horse as well because that would have just been too much. That one, but um, mm-hmm. yeah, dog, uh, we see it getting ripped to pieces. Some rabbit like um, I know rabbits are brittle. Like if you get kicked on and things. Yeah, I know some of them got real big, sharp teeth. Yeah, and they they get stuck into you. Really aggressive as well. <laughs> Hard one year ago, it was like like it would growl at you like a dog. You're like whoa, all right. <laughs> the whole notion of fluffy rabbits is not. I, think, uh, I mean, that's and... what grenades were developed for. So that's I mean, the holy hand grenade. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, this was uh, <laughs> this was just that. Just uh, but yeah, the horse bolts takes Thomason with it. Um, Caleb gets separated. Mm. Poor dog gets wiped out, and then that's where the uh, Caleb encounters the witch in her hovel. <laughs> this scene, this shit's so goddamn funny. I understand that it's not supposed to be funny, but it's pretty funny. He's like crying, walking up to her, and it's like, "Come on, man! You know you're gonna die. Just, just have fun with it." Yeah, it's just. It's, do you know what the funny thing that scene was? Um, they actually had the older actress under the cloak mm-hmm. to do the hand, so they didn't do a prosthetic hand or anything. It was actually the older woman who played the red, the witch originally in the cave scene. They had her head under the cloak, so her hand could shoot out. Oh, that's great. And that was apparently um, the young lad's first kiss as well. Hell yeah, good on him. And that was an underwear model because uh, <laughs> uh, the director was saying, I need somebody who will just do what she's told, not speak, and I won't have to train because apparently models and actors have different training and mm-hmm. if you're model, you move a certain way. So that's that's what he wanted. So apparently this woman's like a famous underwear model. So good on you, lad. Yeah, fucking A. It's a hell we of a first complain. kiss, man. I mean, I understand, like, on-screen kissing is fucking awkward and weird and all that shit, but, I mean, still, at least it looks cool, and you're always going to remember it, because it's on film, so. So, if you're going to start, you may as well start high. Yeah, fuck yeah. (laughs) Start high. Granted, it's all downhill from here, but, you know, whatever. At least there's always that. Um, And then the family's going, here's a weird little scene. They have the twins tied to the fence with bells on them. I mean, that's just reasonable. These fuckers are always running away and shit, so yeah, it's I totally like, get it. You two wee shits are going nowhere. <laughs> Stay there. Mm-hmm. So they have the two twins um, tied to a fence while they're out screaming. You know, funny how there's that fear that the, they won't venture into the woods. 
Do you know what I mean? They, they still mm. have that reticence to go in there. So even though they're shouting and screaming, I know it's for the shot too, but the, they still have that reticence to actually go into the woods and look for them. Mm. And then it's uh, Thomas isn't the first one to come back. Uh, and she's all crying and that. And Kate is not happy to see her. <laughs> no, not at all. I mean, this is where things are getting to the boiling point. Um, Kate's just not happy to see her at all. She's always wishes she had got lost. Um, mm. And that resentment, that just hatred just comes out. I mean, it's not getting uh, it's not getting held back anymore. Like, just no, yeah, the filter is definitely gone at this point. Yep. Well, and, and we even got that um, the night before they bolted. You know, they're uh, Kate and what's his bucket are fighting, and and you know the kids are all asleep. And I love that they're even yelling, "Hey, are you guys in bed? Okay, cool. They can't hear us as they're all just sitting around like this. Yeah, their eyes open. Yep. Like even the twins are just like silent, not even moving. Yeah, it's yeah, the, the filter's gone, and this bitch is like, fuck her. I hate her. Yep. And why do we move here? You know, and blah blah blah. It's just all everything just coming out. There's no need for us to live this way, you know, that sort of thing. We're not animals, you know, it's a lot of the whole thing of um why, why? Mm-hmm. Um then we get uh, Caliber turns, and he's That's naked. He's intense He's out. He's naked in the rain. You know what I mean? Just mm-hmm. um, fair play, the wee lad. Like he, uh, he put himself out for this. Mm-hmm. And it was funny because we're seeing, um, like, like I said, back to medieval times, we're seeing bloodletting pulse poultices being used as healing. All we needed were leeches. You know what I mean? All you have to do is get leeches <laughs> right. as well. And I've been the whole uh, the whole shebang. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm sick, so let's get rid of the white blood cells that are help the heal. <laughs> right. I mean, that's just reasonable. You got to get rid of the sick blood, so the 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 fresh blood can be made or something. Yeah, from magical just um, oh scary. T- honestly, um, the times I would not li- like to live in would be medieval times in the British Isles could just be brutal or Victorian mm-hmm. times like the head of the industrial age it's just the two worst parts of history just to live here you know just mm-hmm. not pleasant you're you're essentially it's a survival game mm-hmm. and you might make it to the end of the ripe old age of 30 if you're lucky <laughs> yeah if you're lucky <laughs> with all your but no not all your bits intact because that was uh that was pretty forgetting you're going to lose fingers arms mm-hmm. legs just living uh brutal times yeah. and the, he manages the he manages to translate this so well in this movie mm-hmm. that these are you know not nice times to live in you're not going to have a comfortable existence you know why people have this notion now especially city people of the white picket fence and the farmstead and everyone can sustainably grow everything mm-hmm. and everyone has this notion who lives in high-rise apartments you know that that's it's so easy to do. Yeah. Try growing crops and surviving. Mm-hmm. And that's your means of survival. All it takes is one turn of the weather and you're screwed. Oh yeah. Um everyone's picking on farmers at the moment. And it's like, dude, if those were farmers, we'll all be dead, grubbing in the dirt. 
hating mm. each other. It's uh, this movie should highlight that it isn't fluffy and easy, just the aching existence of the land. Yeah. And there's a reason farming techniques have evolved the way they are, like rotation of crops and everything else. Um, just there's a reason it's a science. Mm-hmm. And there's a reason why we're all fat and comfortable and can bitch about things. Well, and that's the funny thing too. Life. Like, especially in uh, you know early, early eight, like years of um, America, is that was like the Indians that were cool with the white settlers and shit. That was their whole shtick. It's like, hey man, you guys are gonna die if you don't do it this way. This is how you use this land, this land that's native to us. But they're like, ah. You guys are savages. Fuck that. We know what we're doing. And then, you know, shit like this well, happens. <laughs> the thing is, in the 13 colonies originally, that was always a mindset. That's mm-hmm. pe- people say about the butchers, you bring the British flag and fucking British Empire, that's not. The British Empire was the most unique formation because they didn't go in. We didn't go in as if beating people over the head. It was originally trade, it was a trade empire. And that's where it was different. And they would set up a trading outpost and learn. And they would actually put people in charge. You know what I mean? They would have governors from the population and just subtly install the way of law. Mm. That's why the Commonwealth still exists. You know what I mean? That's why there's still 52 countries. Um, 60 countries, if you include, like, the, the still, they're still met part of the British Empire right there. They're still crown protectorates. They're still uh, crown dependencies. Mm. You don't last that long if you were complete shitbags. Yeah. I mean, the Roman Empire's gone, the Persian Empire's gone, the Japanese Empire's gone, you know, I mean, any other empire, the Turkish Empire's gone, uh, the Ottomans, they're gone. You know, I mean, no trace really of their influence because they were shitbags. Mm-hmm. That was why the whole thing after independence, things ramped up because, like I said, we didn't send our best and brightest. It was all the fucking loonies. Yeah. And of course, the loonies didn't want to play by the rules anymore or be respectful because that's how it works. You don't mm-hmm. you don't rule people with the iron fist. And people are going to find out very, very soon here the, the lunatics that are trying because there is a resentment. And it might take a bit of time, but when it gets there, uh, like I said, the pendulum's going to swing back so hard, it's going to be unreal. Yeah. You don't rule with an iron fist because... That builds up the hatred, that builds up resentment, that builds up rebellion. And that's that was the thing. There were the agreement, the treaty accords between the natives and the 13 colonies. So there was that kind of live and let live sort of thing. But however, mm-hmm. do you want to hear the Bible? You know what I mean? Come on, you know you want to. <laughs> and that was the way, you know what I mean? That's the way it happened. Mm. Oh, by the way, oh, you've now got a suit because you, you're holding this thing. Oh, you've here's your own plot. You can brutalize your own people, <laughs> and that's the way the British Empire worked. It was really, really sneaky, and it took people under uh, years to understand. Oh, hold on, are we under? Because it was British rule and law, but it was always imposed by their own. Because mm-hmm. they found the right people and promoted them in the thing. It was a uh, actually very clever. But then, of course, oh, go kill everybody, and the rest is history. But. Uh, where were we? <laughs> Sorry. 
<laughs> All right, so this is I the part this, where we know, get it's been uh, fascinating in the way uh, yeah. it's been portrayed. You know, it's just uh, it's fascinating how it all broke down and how things escalated. And people don't really talk about it. Mm-hmm. And uh, the British Hammer was just it was always subtle. And yeah, back to living off the land. You know, you don't. It's not easy to do. Mm-hmm. Farming is not easy. It's a hard life. And I just don't understand these like modern day kids that know nothing about the world, like trying to actually just destroy the foundation of survival, because mm-hmm. this is what you end up with. Uh yeah. So Caleb returns. Um, the possession scene is the most intense part of this whole movie. Mm-hmm. The week I nailed it, like yeah, creepy as fuck. No if buts or maybe, and I was uh, reading or uh, watching the interviews and stuff, and they're talking about okay, how do we explain to a twelve-year-old he's having an orgasm without telling him he's having an orgasm and fucking his head up? <laughs> yeah, yeah, they fucking nailed it. <laughs> and it was actually um, how do you call it? Ralph Emerson, the one the guy who plays William. He actually um, he coached youth theater. Mm-hmm. As well, so he he's used to working with kids. So he actually um, took Harvey under his wing, and that's where he came. Like, think about water dropping on your head and doing this and that, and that's that's what's happening. So he built a completely different picture in the wee guy's head. He acted out the scene. That's impressive because it was his director's like, right, we need this guy to have an orgasm, but he's only twelve. I will get fucked for that. <laughs> well, you know what I mean? How do we do it? <laughs> and apparently, that was a whole meeting within a meeting for that mm. scene. Understandable. That is very understandable. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, but, yeah, that whole speech and everything he give out and just uh, his whole lines, the way he delivered him and arsed himself, and uh, that was it. That And that was a breaking point for the family. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? His possession and death scene and the apple, uh that was it. That's 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 just the the breaking point, and this is where this movie just goes intense. Still mm. the same. It's funny enough. It still carries the same pace, but with a lot more happening. Yeah. Like there's not a there's not a moment where nothing's happening in this movie. That's the beauty of it. But it still manages to ramp it up without just going. Mm-hmm. We then say that um, Williams like okay right. We're going back to the town in the morning. That's it. We're done. We can't. Mm-hmm. We're going to die out here. We need to go back. Beg forgiveness. And the twins, witch, 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 and do the screaming and stuff. It just reminds me of the Scarlet Letter. Yeah. The courtroom scene where they all start. Oh, you know the shivers. It just reminds me of that. Uh just the way the Harbour Week bastards um, get on, and that was that was part of the culture. Uh, Thomas has already planted the seed in William's head that, well, hold on, Mercy's the one said she was the witch. Funny enough, they're the ones talking to the goat. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Satan comes in the form of a he-beast. <laughs> you know, all that kind of stuff. They're the ones chanting his name. Who's the witch here? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, just spouting logic, but of course that's misunderstood. And nope, because the ignored. mob's formed. <laughs> yeah, Even in the house, the mob has formed. And they need something. They need a scapegoat. Mm-hmm. And it's Thomason, just because of, like I said, right back to the very beginning, just the, the whole scene with uh, Samuel. That's it. You know what I mean? 
you lose a bit. How the fuck do you lose a baby? You know, just mm-hmm. what did you do? Where did you head over the head of the brick? What? There's still no answer. Yeah. Um, well, and another another aspect of this move, uh, this scene in particular that I really like is you just see the actual like the pure dynamic between Kate and I keep forgetting his fucking name, but the the William? dad, yeah, William. God, William, I don't know. Yeah. I keep forgetting that. Um, where he just is finally like, fine, you know, tell me what you want, and I will do it. That is all I want to do. And she still can't say anything. It's like, fuck, that's a bleak ass existence and relationship. <laughs> yeah, because there's no um I know there's a couple of moments of tenderness, but these are not a they're not a loving people. Yeah. They are they're a cult. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's why um they were you know I mean they were high nobody wanted them. Mm-hmm. Uh like I said, after Cromwell that's why we became the fluffy society because nobody wanted that ever again. I mean, that still resonates today. The the whole Puritan, the rise of Pur- Puritans, mm-hmm. the burning. You know, I mean, there's still not forgiveness here. Believe it or not, this even goes back as far as the Roman Empire destroying the original tribes here. Mm-hmm. Do you know I mean this? There's still that resentment, and then Constantine creating the Church of Rome, and that being imposed. There's still that resentment, you know, about that and where's the life here. And uh, we'll see it as well with Tolkien creating, you know, I mean, there was no English folklore. Our folklore, believe it or not, we're, we're, we're cast as the land of myths and fairy tales and legends, but we're not. Mm-hmm. Our actual storytelling is quite poor. Our myths and our own legends are actually, they're very scant. Compared to like European countries or even North America, you know the the legends that came, you know, they were brought. Mm-hmm. We were um, we're begging out for stuff. That's why Lord of the Rings is the the classic it is because it was the only uh, fantasy at the time built for English folklore. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because there's done. You look at Irish fairy tales and it's really bad. Scotland's quite good. Um, Scotland would be the masters of storytelling. Like they've they've got some uh, great, res- they're definitely the the best in the, the terms of the British Isles. But the rest of us are all mm-hmm. uh, quite poor, and there's that need. But they, uh, the Puritans, were even wanting to drive that spark out completely, mm-hmm. and that hurts. You know, what I mean, um, we've talked about it before. We need imagination to live. Yeah, that's what takes us from being just grubbing in the dirt to actually building things. Mm-hmm. And making a better life without imagination, without storytelling, without the freedom of thought and expression, just to try ideas out. We're nothing and we're miserable and we we'll see it with this family. They are not happy, but, but that's also a reflection of the society at whole. Yeah, They're not definitely. a happy society. And that's why they get excited. That's why they needed witch burnings. Mm-hmm. That yeah, was I mean, their, that's your only fucking entertainment. That was like the, the fever. Mm-hmm. And that's when there was a chance, you know, of releasing this pain and putting it on to something else. You know, I mean, that's why I don't like theistic religion because always the point the finger. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, aspect to it. You know, blame something else. Don't deal with the problem, but point the finger. Put your sins onto the goat, onto the witch, onto the other. Yeah. And this is played out in this movie. Like, there's so much. Um, uh, 
like level in depth here if you if you actually go into the backstory and yeah, because yeah. of Edison and his obsession with detail, he's actually brought that into this movie. Mm-hmm. So you can look at it superficially as a you know a horror story, but it's not. You know, and there's there's more. It is a horror story, but it's so much more, and it's actually yeah. it's almost horror. more of a hor- uh, fucking uh, history mm-hmm. piece than anything else. Yeah, and a look on society and that time and how it got there. Mm. And it's good to know history and how you get to that point. Because the whole point of knowing history is that you don't repeat it or you learn from mistakes. But in the age of information, everyone's stupid for some reason. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just fucking mental. Um, so we get this point, you know, and it's all coming to a crescendo, starting to build, ramp up towards the end. The twins are locked in with Thomason into the goat shed. Um, that's saying of Valoriovich. No, are you? <laughs> no. Yeah, it's like God. You guys fucked up. Oh, sorry. I guess this is what happens now. Yeah, now we're gonna go back and get tried in the village. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. where one of us is gracing the stake. <laughs> uh, I haven't. We haven't talked about uh, Charlie the goat. Apparently, he was the biggest diva on set. I'd imagine. That's they could oh. not get him to do anything. Um. And he hated Ralph, the guy that plays William. Mm-hmm. Utterly detested him. So the only way to get the goat riled up was to actually put Ralph with him. And the goat would be like, I'm going to have you. <laughs> the guy had to go to hospital three times. Fuck. Because the goat had him. That's funny as shit. And where the filming location was actually really isolated. It was a small village. And they actually got to know him in the A&E department. Oh, the goat again? Yes. <laughs> oh, that's great. It was just, um, and apparently the, the scenes with the goat had to be so sparse because the goat was just like, fuck you, yeah, I'm not playing. Mm-hmm. But he was the best looking goat for the you know the purpose of the movie. Mm-hmm. But he just would not play ball. And they had to CG out all the handlers. There's like three people holding him to hold him still. <laughs> and now, you know, the green suits. Uh-huh. That's great. Because <laughs> apparently this goat was just an arsehole. It was just the fact he's sitting there and that scene in the, you know, when they're locked up. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, meh, fuck yous. I don't care. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just that look in his face of me. I'm gonna do what I want. Apparently, I was. He got up and just fucked off. You know, just <laughs> wouldn't <laughs> wouldn't play ball for that scene whatsoever. And just the drama of the goat was unreal. I mean, that's uh, that's what it's always like. I always hear with uh, you know behind the scenes interviews. It's like the two worst kinds of actors are children actors and animal actors because you just can't do shit with them. They don't care. Uh, apparently, the weekend as well. The um, what was his? Because he's not—he's a bit of a bit part, you know what I mean? Because Mercy's like the main character. But yeah, he, yeah. She was like eleven, and he was only like six. But apparently, he was chewing sweets, like hard candies and stuff, <laughs> for scenes, and had to actually go and hook it out of his mouth because he's just been a wee dick. That's funny. <laughs> so the two worst actors were the weekend and uh, the goat. I mean, it sounds about right. Um, was he? William finally fall and confess, you know, prayer and I fucked up. I'm an arsehole. Mm-hmm. I was a pig headed. Just get us out of this, please. Mm-hmm. Um, he just finally breaks. He realizes they're done. They're heading back to the village. You're gonna uh, just beg forgiveness and you know just be done. That's the plan and mm-hmm. toast uh, Thomason up because somebody has to die. Yeah. So that's what's going to happen. She's going to be tried for a witch, and uh, a 
don't know if they still burned the men or they're doing the dry, you know, the, the thing in the river. But she has, you know, I mean, her future's bleak anyway. Yeah. Well, and, and uh, with colonial America, it was actually more common for them to be hung than to than burned because of resources. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, but she, she's done it for a good end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, she's, she's definitely done. Yep. She's done. So you can kind of see that realization coming into her head too mm-hmm. but um the scene with uh the raven <laughs> that shit man still so goddamn creepy apparently as well um they're all like oh yeah we're gonna i'm gonna have a wee birdie you know sitting on my shoulder and they didn't realize what ravens are mm-hmm. <laughs> not like cast. so this birds are arseholes they're just like birds are like that's why i love them because they're just like fuck you yeah, i don't care <laughs> Uh, yeah you don't train a bird you you kind of convince it to do things because it wants to and mm-hmm. if it doesn't want to you don't <laughs> yeah <laughs> i have two in their freaking arseholes that's like, <laughs> they don't give a shit <laughs> that's what starts sparking off my bird he just freaked you know he's like there's no bird here i'm not having that <laughs> <laughs> he tried to summon black velvet put up on the channel fucking he went mental from his point onwards oh that's fine had to pause the Maybe about three times, but um, yeah, this Raven in a box. It was like, get me out of this. What am I in a box for? Uh, and mm. while that scene was happening, all the cast were like hiding <laughs> against the walls, going, "I'm not getting near that." <laughs> so the scene is basically, um, Kate has a vision that Caleb and Samuel return and hands over Samuel, and she's nursing and suckling them, and then it translates this scene where she's, and that was the thing because they couldn't get the the bird was just like ready to take her face off even though mm-hmm. it was a had a raven master and was being trained and she just broke down just just go with it just laugh because they couldn't they were trying to have her cooing while the bird's pecking but mm-hmm. she couldn't because the bird would just fuck you apparently that was a a steel breastplate i would hope so, so. <laughs> static breast but it was actually steel and the bird was actually near getting through it mm-hmm like punching through near punching through the steel and the prosthetic nipples all got torn off and you know i mean it was just getting ripped to shreds yeah i, I would imagine because it's like that that's practical <laughs> that's real that bird is really going to town yep um the cg i was on a uh it's a jess but um the cg did up it out but still she was like sitting there going i'm gonna get my face taken off here if i make a wrong move mm-hmm. <laughs> i'm a goer the career like we can do nothing. You're on your own. <laughs> <laughs> You're on your own. I'm not getting involved. Uh, but I think that was the next most intense scene. Just I was so quick. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's it's subtle too, but it's like that's clearly Black Philip trying to get her to come over to his side. Um, like with the speech patterns and everything, and even you know, at the very end, right before we see the bird pecking at her chest is, you know, oh, just sign your name in the book. It's good. You you can see it. You're good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then uh, that's it. And then um, that's the night time. Then we'll go to morning again. Yeah. Um, this is where it just kicks off. This is, this is it. Um, oh, sorry, the witches land as well. The witch lands into the, mm-hmm. the goat house. We forgot that bit. Yeah, it's such a such a creepy ass it just happens all at um, once, you know what I mean? This is where um this is the most intense part of the movie where a lot of things mm-hmm. happen at once. Yeah, because I mean, this, this is all in the same scene. Mm-hmm. Like Williams praying, 
uh kate gets fucked up and then you just hear scampering around the hut that's you know uh uh barred up and then yeah everybody's looking around like what the fuck was that and then oh hey there's a naked old lady chomping on a goat yep and then boom <laughs> we get to the morning um william wakes up just as a all bleary died he looks if he's gonna decide to take a piss actually he just had that sort of look in his face and, uh, <laughs> you know yeah and kids like give him the evil eyes pretend to be sleeping blood. i mean it just it's like the it really was like the aftermath of a really bad party <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, yeah I goes mean, out. who hasn't been there yeah we all have um but yeah he goes out and then the realization that the the goat house just demolished you know what i mean it's just absolutely destroyed <laughs> and the only person left is because we didn't see the twins get taken or what happened to them they mm. just vanish yeah um but yeah it's everything's just a complete mess and thomas is just laying there mm-hmm. and that's it fucking yep clearly it was her and then uh william that's it he gets swatted Black Phillips just like, I'm having you. Uh, they had to do that scene a couple of times. Like I said, he'd already been gored, so that that the goat didn't have to act because he just hated that actor. Uh-huh. <laughs> Apparently just took an instant dislike to him and went, yeah, I'm having you. <laughs> so that bit didn't have to be acted out. That's what he's been doing the whole movie. <laughs> yeah, he's like, this is my shining moment. I got this, guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let me at him. Doink. Um, they had to redo that scene with the whole uh logs falling a couple of times so that must have been a pain in the arse they had to set that up about three or four times to get it right yeah. uh, so um yeah like practical like that would have been that would have done nice cgi you know what i mean i looked awful mm-hmm. uh just brilliant you know what i mean blackfell takes william out no a's and then kate this is the final like confrontation mm-hmm. kids just like i'm killing you yeah <laughs> just yeah, there's definitely no holding back utter hatred and venom and uh the bit where she cuts you know she cuts over the blade and she's just bleeding the the blood into her face like real crazy type um serial killer type stuff mm. like it was just um this is brutal i mean knew that it was coming between these two mm-hmm. yeah i mean it was pretty much set up from the fucking beginning of the movie yeah from the scene Sammy went missing you just knew it was going to be this and that's it they're just fighting each other and you know uh Thomas wins obviously kills her mm-hmm. and it's just after that you're like what the fuck now because there's no way she could go back mm-hmm. to the plantation yeah no there's no way um the place is an absolute ruins uh by her family but that's it she's just like i guess i'm stuffed so she just pure exhaustion mm-hmm. takes off her outer shift puts a blanket around her and falls asleep just i could picture because of um i could picture the emotional exhaustion i don't know if you've ever been in that state mm-hmm. where you've been through the mill a bit you've pushed yourself and you just come back and you're just like Nah, uh, don't mm-hmm. you're right. Yeah, no, been been there before. No, I've done that. I've, I could just totally see that. Just 
falling asleep in the bench or where you are and just oh, be yeah. like yeah the brain just shuts off say like, nah, that's enough for me i'm out for a while oh yeah boom yeah no been there it's like you have just enough motivation to take off your shoes and then it's just sort of like all right wherever i fall that's where i fall yeah done so that, that was a brilliantly done scene because it just showed her like she had no more processing to do mm-hmm. like it was the end so do natural thing for the body do just to get you know just to clonk out oh, yeah. brilliantly done and then the final scene um actually this is the most tender scene in the whole movie there really is <laughs> it's not fra- it was actually almost Thank goodness Black Phillips here. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? It was yeah, because I mean that's that's really again all this is is just the the fall of somebody who just wants to be good, <clears throat> and everybody just wants to shit on her and just her you know an hour and a half of just pure despair and misery, and this is finally where she gets to just exist. Yep, and uh, Black Phillips comes there. Now, apparently, he was, um, apparently, they went really into detail with his costume. Mm-hmm. And it really went to town, build him up as a cavalier, like all um, like feather bows and done. But you don't see a bit of it. Actually, with his 4K and, version, like you are, like. You, you see it, a bit, but you don't get the full yeah. splendor of. Well, and I think, honestly, that, that can make a movie. Um, like a great example is uh, Digging Up the Marrow. But they could have done him with a cloak. What, yeah, what I'm trying to say is the amount of detail just for that scene they went into. And these clothes were all hand stitched, by the way. Mm-hmm. The hand stitching, they didn't do them by machine. So they actually went and used the same materials and hand stitched the clothing. So this was done as well. They went full into the detail of a character, but you don't see it. It's just hinted at. Mm. It just kind of shows the, the love and attention that went into making this movie. Yeah. But yeah, Black Phillip is a uh, human incarnation because you see him transform from the goat, step from the hooves into the boots, just briefly. And he's just like, Your your battle's done, you know. Do you want to live deliciously? That that has been that's become an iconic uh line now. Yeah, fuck yeah. In cinema. You know what I mean? Even if you've never seen this movie, you'll have heard that term. If that gets brought up, you'll be like, oh, the way. You know what I mean? It's just become mm-hmm. synonymous with uh, this movie and the impact it's had. But he's just like, your battle's done. Just come with me. What What else is there for you? Mm-hmm. And then the final bit, uh, sorry, not the final bit of this scene, where do you see my book in front of you? Yes. Um, and then she's like, I can't write. Yeah. The one last final bit of despair. <laughs> she wants yeah. it and she can't do it. And, oh, I'll guide your hand. And it's like, that's, he's the real hero of this movie. <laughs> Absolutely. Because what has she, you know, I mean, what has she got? Mm-hmm. And he could have, if this was, um, like, I don't, uh, I understand the, you know, on bap, that was the whole thing about on baptized babies, you know, they're, they're like a beacon for witches because they can use them in their craft and stuff uh-huh. so they can fly. But what has she got left? You know what I mean? They're, they could have just left them. You know what I mean? Blackfell could have just left her. Mm-hmm. There's already enough witches. You know, this is somebody, another witch's territory. She could have just been left to rot. Mm-hmm. And that would have been evil. 
but no, you've you've come through. It's almost like she's been tested. Well, that's what I was going to say. It's almost reverse. Like was... The reverse of Christianity, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. In a sense. Well, yeah, that's like this was him testing her to see if she was worthy of being a part of his coven. Yeah. This is almost uh, like the reverse, you know, the the infernal glory, so to speak. You know, mm-hmm. you've been proved worthy. I want you. Yeah. And then that last bit where I can't write, you know, and she almost thought she was going to lose it. Lose her chance. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it was brilliant. It was so beautifully done. It was so tender. The only part of actual true tender love in this whole movie. Oh, yeah. And then the final scene, she just, you know, sheds her clothes. She's walking uh, to the clearing. And that was the thing. I couldn't I apparently use Japanese kabuto dancing. <laughs> That's what the witches were doing. Because I couldn't find anything to give off the, the sort of the right vibe. Mm. And they actually used Japanese kabuto dancing to, for that scene where the witches are all around the fire. That makes sense. They're carrying out. So bloody hell, it worked. Yeah, for And then yeah, they but... used the Nokian, you know what I mean? So they used the Nokian language on top of Japanese kabuto dancing. I just thought, look at that. Who the hell thinks of that? Right. You know what I mean? You see writers today and they're like, where this guy's going, it's not right. I need to find the right combination. Do you know what I mean? That's intense. And that's why you make a movie, even if he only made one movie in his life, this movie's going to be around forever. Right. But yeah, they're carrying out the dance. They're going into the air. Final scene, Thomason just gives herself. Mm-hmm. You know, gives herself into it and just joy and rapture and, and joins him. Absolutely. I can't, um, and people say this movie's overrated. And those people, and people are think, fucking idiots. They must have had a really bad childhood or something. And you know me, am I the type that gush in movies? No. <laughs> I, I jump with no fucking trend. Yeah. In fact, if people are gushed about a movie, I'm likely to go, fuck you, I'm not watching it. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> if you look at the post, you're like, oh, you're idiots. And if you're liking this, I'm not going to. This is a genuine, brilliant masterpiece of a movie. Yeah, absolutely. And it's done on so many levels. Like, even superficially, this is a brilliant movie. It's mm-hmm. a well-written script. It's well-paced. It uses the effects to the maximum without being cheesy or ham-fisted. Yeah. But then the subtle layers underneath of the interplay and the drama and the acting. Um, these guys all pull it. Just the, you know where you get the things aren't some of their parts. None of this works in isolation. You know, it's the combination. Mm-hmm. Got the right people, the right chemistry. The right director, the right locations, um, just the right mindset to make this. And the fact that they worked as a team. There's no there's one diva, and that was the goat. Yeah. And that was it. You know what I mean? The only diva on set was the goat. Um, the raven was just a psycho. <laughs> but all birds yeah. are. That's why they're amazing, because <laughs> they don't give a shit. Right. Like, that's why everybody likes birds because they're fucking crazy and they're they're the they're the wild card. Yep. Um, 
yeah, I can't say had enough of this movie. If if you have not seen this movie, uh, what, what's wrong? With you? What what are you doing? Pretty much like this is just it, it's the perfect film. Uh, like there, there's no two ways about it. It's just every aspect of this is just so beautifully done. And again, it's gonna it's gonna hold up the test of time. Like I could honestly see this being up there with like the Universal monsters just period i think it's not same vein and love mm-hmm. do you know I mean the hammer horror movies and that you know I mean? it's just the that sort of love of storytelling mm-hmm. and um i like emerson and uh, he's one of these um i think he's one of these people that actually genuinely loves his craft mm-hmm. and i look for uh, i want to see the Northman, but i don't think it's strictly horror so we'll probably not cover it in the show but I do want to see it. It's come mm. out on um, Blu-ray, so I want to check it out. But it just seems to me he brings that level of intensity that every movie he creates. Yeah. Which is not a bad thing. You know, we, we need that. Mm-hmm. We need people that actually aren't making movies by committee. Yeah. Yeah, which, and I mean, is so hard. Are trusted days, to produce the goods and get on with their work and mm-hmm. aren't trying to beat you over the head with messages. Everything's worth it, you know. I mean, and we've talked about it, but it's just everything's worth the ratchet because you've got lesser people in positions they shouldn't be in, mm-hmm. and then they're you know, I mean, they understand that their world's crumbling. People aren't going to watch their movies. People are fighting back, so that's what this whole name calling shit's happening because mm-hmm. they know they're being caught out as being shit. Yeah, essentially. But that's fine. These people will finally fade away. It's a trend, and like all trends, will come to an end. Mm-hmm. And these morons will fade away to the background, and the likes of this movie will continue. And when you can watch it the second, the third, you can go through it again. When I, like I tell you how bad I was, I watched the movie and then the movie commentary, like straight after. Dude, I I, bored. <laughs> I almost did last night too. Well, and that's I wasn't the thing. Bored. That's that's the shit about um, physical media that I. Like it terrifies me because like Disney's trying to phase out physical media, um, which I mean, of course, it's it'll never be gone. Uh, like there'll still be boutique companies that release physical media. I mean, it's just like fucking VHS. Like there are still companies mm-hmm. putting out VHS tapes. Like that is, for all intents and purposes, a dead media. Um, but yeah, you don't get that kind of shit with streaming. I mean, occasionally there might be a big release or you know, big for the company where there's a commentary track. But like that is, I mean, that's some of the most important aspects, at least for me growing up uh, with movies, was being able to watch the special features, getting the, you know, little behind the scenes peek. Mm-hmm. And if physical media is gone, how the fuck are we going to get that? And it's owning something as well. You know, it's uh, having a collection. It's part of your furniture. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's it's not it serves two purposes. It's like a bookshelf. A bookshelf mm-hmm. isn't just a repository to read, it's a collection, it's art. Because mm-hmm. you know, the spines and the, the way you lay out your bookshelf and that that's that's part of the same as you lay out your DVD, your Blu-ray cabinet, mm-hmm. or you have your yeah. collections. Um I'm spending too much money at the moment. I need to wind my neck in. Um <laughs> I've just got under the, the steel book fucking bug. <laughs> Caught it. Oh fuck, dude. I'm sorry, man. And I'm like <laughs> These things are amazing. Must have the ball. Oh uh-huh. shit! I've got to like, pay rent and stuff and eat and 
I, I mean, less. Do you do really need to eat lose a chin or two? That's okay. <laughs> I mean, if it comes to choice between the new, you know, the limited edition release now and a few extra burgers during the week, nah, I can I, I can go hungry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I think what it is, I've been thinking about this a lot. Streaming started off as a fantastic idea. Mm-hmm. It started off as an archive, but it hurt TV. It really took a bite out of the TV because people were sick of TV. I, I hate TV. Mm. I hate TV shows. Um, that's why I don't watch a lot and don't catch up with stuff because I just hate the whole TV formula. The problem is, as streaming got bigger, people started jumping ship. So you've got TV people coming across into the streaming platforms and they're bringing that mentality with them. And then the streaming services are all, oh, we must make our own programs. So they're by the facto becoming TV channels. Mm-hmm. And they're not learning why people moved from TV to streaming in the first place. And now we're seeing this with streaming is becoming the thing it hit or it replaced. And it's gonna it's it's gonna the bubble's gonna burst. Because mm-hmm. the audience, um, while the normies and the majority of the audience will go along for a time being, the bubble bursts. The discerning uh customer realize what they want and they'll just move away to the next thing and i see a resurgence in collectors pieces i see a resurgence in physical media we'll see it with the lps and records mm-hmm. um it, it's going to come back because people are fed up with that they're fed up with paying subscriptions you just get shite mm-hmm. no well and especially because like you you fall in love with something on a streaming service and then with no fanfare no announcement or anything they you know they're licensing expires and then poof it's gone like that's mm-hmm. it we'll, we'll see it with so many franchises um ash versus evil day is a perfect example mm-hmm. and netflix is the um is the worst for taking um it's a there's a supermarket back here and they do the same dirty practices where if you buy a plot that means your competitor can't have it mm-hmm. so they'll actually buy plots of land so their competitors can't build on it. And they'll put stores, wash stores that don't make money just so their competitors can't do business. Mm-hmm. And this is the same with the streaming services. They're banned properties oh. so their competitors can't make anything. And they'll maybe they'll do, uh, be contractually obliged to make one season and then they'll just bin it. Mm-hmm. And it's... I'm all for free market capitalism. I'm all for people making money. Mm-hmm. I'm all for people doing the best, but do it by making the best product, not by shitty practices. Yeah. If you're making your money by being a dirtbag, it's only going to come around because you're setting that culture and eventually someone's coming up behind you, a bit quicker-witted, a bit more ruthless, and you're going to fall by that sword. And that's the way we're seeing streaming bubble is about to burst because mm-hmm. it's just went the same way as TV and they haven't learned the mistakes. It's the same as here. This, this story's a lesson. This story is telling the lesson of the time and the culture mm-hmm. and where not to go back to. And people haven't learned it. No. No, history always fucking repeats itself. Yep, because people don't learn the lessons. And then um, we're seeing modern day book burning. Mm-hmm. We learned from um, medieval times, this time period, that book burning only emboldened people. Oh, yeah, of course. And you tell people, forbidden the whole, the, the, you know what I mean? The original sin, so to speak, in the Christian mythology of the forbidden fruit of knowledge. 
it just makes it more tempting. Fuck yeah, it does. Once you tell people you're not allowed that because you'll know things, I'll want it now. Mm-hmm. And we're just seeing the cycle repeat in modern times. It's just fun. It's just funny as a species, we'll get to a certain level, and then we just seem to regress. Mm-hmm. No, I mean we saw it, um, like the Roman Empire, just pre-Roman Empire, like the Greek uh, philosophers, not would reach a point of that of enlightenment, so to speak, and then we just fall back down to clubbing each other over the head. Oh, of course. And we're at that point now. In the nineties, I, I would say the nineties is our modern uh, version of that of reaching reach a point of enlightenment, of understanding and acceptance and brotherhood and sisterhood. You know what I mean? Of just getting on with each other. And now we're back to clubbing each other over the head again. Mm-hmm. And it's just it's just funny the way we go through it. And this this movie just shows that back in that time, and we're seeing it happening now. And it's just like, mm-hmm. come on, Definitely. guys. The when there's problems in life, look inward first. <laughs> That's the lesson. Mm-hmm. What am I doing wrong? Why am I going? Why are things not working? How do I make it better? That's that's the ultimate question. And if you don't do that, you're fucked. That's why you start finger pointing and fucking looking for scapegoats. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> so we end up the philosophy session. <laughs> <laughs> but I just want more movies that just make me um. Make me feel for a start. Mm-hmm. I'm not just disgust, you know. What I mean, I just want to, you know, have a feeling. I want investment in the characters and what happens to them. It's not much to ask for, is it? I mean, these days, days, yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah. You don't have to spend lots of money. You just have to have a, a vision and a work mm. ethic. Anyway, shall we wrap it up there? <laughs> I think that's a good place to end it. Yeah, I think I was a oh good. There you go. A positive episode. We both like the same movie. And Fuck, both yeah, great. <laughs> it happens. It does happen. Yeah, mark mark this day down in history as one of the few times. <laughs> yep, we but that's one hundred percent agree fun. on a movie. <laughs> yeah. Hey, folks. Um, thanks for tuning in. And uh, remember, um, follow us on our social media. Keep up to date with plenty more live streams planned for the rest of the month, the next month, and carrying on. And don't forget our other episodes that are out. Um, and until next time, folks, keep it creepy. Keep, keep it, it horrific. horrific.